anything pumpkin spice yet? No, but I, I've seen a lot of pumpkin cookies and donuts and uh, drinks already advertised. They're everywhere. Do you like pumpkin spice things? It's okay. I can, I can take it or leave it, but I'm a real sucker for the, the apple donuts oh that's oh i shouldn't say that out loud because if i say if i ever say i like something i get it in droves about a million of them yeah you know i've did not that anything ever becomes polarized in society but <laughs> right uh, yes but either you love pumpkin spice or you hate pumpkin spice and there's really no in between well i don't i don't wait all year long for it no i I could go really either way. I I have been laughing because people... I, I'm ready for fall. Like, I like the cooler seasons. Summer's not my favorite. I think most people know that at this point. Um, fall's great. Winter's superb. Spring is starting to get depressing. Uh, <laughs> except for the flowers. Those are nice. But the... Uh, you know what? He, I, I, I do like autumn, but the truth is I love summer. So guess, guess what, people? We, we We disagree once again. By the way, I am... Father Herb Weber, and the person who dares oh, yeah. to disagree with me is Hi. Michael Puppis. The bold. The bold. <laughs> but anyway, I was, it was, actually, you know who it was? It was Brady, our good friend from our announcements. Yes. He posted an Instagram story yesterday that said uh, it was taking a poll. So there were two options, and you click which which option you want to vote for. And it said, <laughs> it said, is fall the best season? Option one was yes. Option two was, no, I'm damaged. <laughs> and I sent him a note. I said, these options are absolutely incredible. You know what? I have a theory that whenever you're given two options, you you have to take the third. But there was no third. That's beside yeah. the point. You create a third. You create a you third. You don't accept just two. Uh, but anyway, I, I mentioned I, I love apple, the apple season. Sure. More than the pumpkin season. It is a good, especially during fall, there's something, you go to McQueen's, do some apple picking. Well, yeah, McQueen's, but I went to Apple Hill Orchards. That's down by, uh, near Mansfield. Okay. I was in that area, so I stopped there, and it's one of my favorite places in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, they have... I bet 20, 20 varieties of apples. You can go out and pick your own or they pick them for you. Yeah. They have all kind. They have cider. They have the baked goods. And I, I did get two different kinds of apples. I like the ones that are just a little tart. Mm-hmm. But when you bite into them, it's like an explosion in your mouth of the taste buds. That's, just, yeah. that, that reminds me a little bit, too, of when you get the little cherry tomatoes this time of year. And they're so juicy on the inside, they like explode. Yeah, they do mouth. explode. Yes, and sometimes they explode <laughs> more more than you want them yeah. to. But now, uh, but back to the apple. Yeah. So I got I. They did not have the empire. Empire is one of the ones I like. They didn't have them yet. They they will be out in another out. They'll be ripened in another week or two. They had the Jedi. No, no. The, the Empire Strikes the, Back. Right. No. Okay. See, I knew <laughs> what you're you referring did. to. Thank you. But I I did get two different kinds. And uh, they let me taste different ones in the store. Yeah. I love that, too. They, now, do you like the red or the green? Well, I don't like uh, like Granny Smith. That's too too, too tart. Oh, we agree. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Mark it in the history books. Yeah. But then, of course, when I went out to up to the counter to buy them, yeah. I noticed the bakery area, and they had the, the apple donuts. And that's just like... I every- mean... Everything God makes way, that's good. Way, way, way overpriced, but of course. Worth every penny. I did not buy a dozen. I thought of buying a, a dozen for the staff meeting. That would have been really nice of you. But staff 
You don't love us enough. <laughs> I, 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 no, the staff doesn't eat sweets. No, we do sometimes. I mean, you didn't eat anything at the last staff meeting. I didn't. No, but I. It's because I had a. I had splurged on a scone earlier okay. in the morning. I would, anyway. So I just bought one donut just for moi. I'm trying to watch my slim figure over here. Uh, uh, right. Okay, keep, keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, it's good to be with you today, everybody. And uh, we we are in autumn. And uh, are we allowed to go into the scripture for this coming Sunday? I hope so. Otherwise, this is going to be a painful episode for everyone listening. Okay, September 12th is this coming Sunday. Isn't that exciting? It is. Fall's just clicking right along. Can it click? No, it, it's coming. It's zipping right along. It's, we're not really into... We're into school. We're into football. We're into the fall weather. But officially, we're not into autumn yet. No, it's still summer. The 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time is this weekend, and we are still reading from Mark. And we've moved to chapter 8. And that's a very, very significant one. Do you remember what we promised people last week? Well, we um, said stay, stay tuned. We st- stay tuned. More is coming. The the great reveal is around the corner. Yeah. So this is it. Let me give a little background in in case people have already forgotten everything that we said with such wisdom just a few days ago. Uh, that, you really overrate this podcast. <laughs> well, those six people who listen, you know, they have to take notes. Sure. Well, but in Mark's gospel, there is what's called the messianic secret. It's the whole idea that it's not really meant as a secret, but it's a, like a slow reveal of who Jesus is. Mm. And so even the blind man was, I'm sorry, the deaf man was told after he regained hearing, do not tell anybody. And of course, he and everybody else in the crowd told everybody they knew that Jesus is the one. And we talked about that. It's basically because Jesus was saying, I don't want you to follow me because of, you know, you can suddenly hear and you couldn't hear before. I want you to follow out of faith. I want you to follow me and not just the the wonders but rather the one who provides the wonders mm-hmm. not just the miracles but the one who does the miracles so today we get part of the reveal and that's i'm setting the stage because the reveal comes in two forms in the gospel today this is what i said last week i picture like fixer upper on hgtv chip and joe getting ready to pull apart the canvas boards to reveal the house except as Jesus standing on the other side. Well, I'm going to let you read the first part, and then I'll read the second part, because the truth is they're both important. We, we, it's not like one versus the other. Not that you would ever pit us against each other. Okay. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Go. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, Jesus turned around and said, looking at his disciples, at this, Jesus turned around and looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking, not as God does, 
but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd and his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we could say the great reveal is in the part that Michael read when Peter says, you are the Christ. And this is an, a fascinating time. You know, Jesus says, and who do people say that I am? In some of the other Gospels, the question is a little bit different. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Yeah. And here Jesus says, point blank, who do people say that I am? So it's almost like, okay, you guys have been following. You've probably heard the crowd. They're talking to each other. You know, hey, that guy up there, he, who is he? Oh, that's John the Baptist. Oh, I've heard that. No, it's Elijah. Oh, I've heard. And that's always the thing. I've heard. Yeah. The rumor mill, even back then. Even then. But there, there's... I, there has to be another account of this, as you were saying, in maybe one of the other synoptic gospels, because before Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, there not there dialogue from Peter in another one of the gospel accounts of him? Here it just says that he began to rebuke him. Yeah. But I think we actually have... There, there's a dialogue, yeah, in Matthew's gospel, it says, uh, well said, Peter, because this has not been revealed to you by flesh, but by, uh, by my father. Mm-hmm. And then... It comes to bar, the part where he says the Son of Man has to suffer. Right. Which is the part that I read. Okay, so which is the great... Which re- you did a nice job, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, actually, even as I stumbled over the one line... That's okay. I'm here for you. Uh, people don't know that I'm sitting here with the book in front oh. of me. <laughs> here comes the excuse. And I have the microphone right. dividing the page in two. Sure. And I feel I always feel cross-eyed when I'm reading because I'm reading on both sides of the microphone <laughs> and my eyes don't like it. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't I know. This this high tech is what it's the next time we have a podcast, we'll get you a better microphone. (laughs) Well, but but which is the great reveal? For for Peter to say, You are the Christ. Mm -hmm. Da dum and then for for him for Jesus to say the Son of Man must suffer greatly. And Peter said, Oh no, I don't want you to do that. Yeah. So Which one is it? Which is it? It's both. Okay. Is that the right answer? That is the right answer. Catholic school. I, I, gave, I gave you two options. That, and it wasn't I took the one, third. It wasn't one or the other, but it was both. See, we set this up earlier. I took the third. Right, you took the third. Yeah. I, it really, it has to. It's, it's two parts of a whole. Well, it's actually two parts of a whole. Very well said. Thank you. I, did you hear that, everybody out there? I have complimented Michael. And here it is. Uh, how, what what number uh, podcast is this? It only took 211 shows. <laughs> 211 shows I've complimented him. That's going to hold you over at least till number till the three, next, 350. Yeah, that's fine. I'm used to it. But but the point is, it's a very important issue to say, yes, he is the Christ, but the Christ is going to suffer. And that's why the slow reveal People were expecting the Christ. By the word, the word Christ, yeah, which eventually there. became almost synonymous like a last name, Jesus Christ. But it, it uh, n- now taking Christ Jesus, Christ comma Jesus. Please come to the front. <laughs> yeah, no, it it really it's Jesus the Christ. Yeah, the word Christ 
in, it comes from Greek, means the anointed one. The word Messiah, coming from Hebrew, means the anointed one. So they're synonyms. So if you call Jesus Messiah or Christ, either one, it's a description. He is the anointed one that they were waiting for, the expected one who would be the Savior. Yeah. But they also had this notion the Savior would come in great glory and majesty and power and sweep people off off their feet mm-hmm. and, and liberate Israel from the great powers to, that were. And at that time, the great power, of course, was Rome. Yeah. In fact, that's kind of interesting. They went to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. That's where this was coming from. Who was, who was Philip? Uh, uh, Caesar had some, some children. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. Yeah, Caesar had some children, but uh, Herod had a son, Philip. Oh. So uh, Caesarea Philippi, named after him. I didn't. See, now I'm learning something. Yeah. So, um, so they, this whole thing is Jesus is the Christ, but not in the notion of the Roman Empire power. It was not about power. Rather, it's going to be the suffering Christ. Mm-hmm. Peter could not deal with that. That's why he rebuked Jesus. Yeah, But that's what where most of us are at. We, we can't deal with it either. To deal with suffering in general or the fact that Jesus suffered while on earth? Or even a third option. <clears throat> We're always back to the third. <laughs> the third option is you're suffering for something greater. Yeah. You don't just suffer. Suffering is not fun, but it, you can suffer if you know it's for a purpose. What, what is, um, what is a time that you can maybe even in the midst of the suffering though you don't understand the purpose of it, right? So that we could be going through a period of suffering, and then you you know you fast forward five, seven, ten years later, and you look back on it and you say, oh, there, that was what the purpose was. Oh, yeah. And that's a matter of faith until then, that there's something you don't understand. But I remember a, a man whose teenage son was killed in a car accident. And at the funeral, after communion, he stood up. And it was very, very moving. It was kind of over the top, but it was necessary. He kept saying, something good has to come out of this. Hmm. And it was not just the loss of his son, but his own suffering. Something good had to come out of it or he couldn't live with it. Hmm. And so he was really calling all the parents to love their kids, but he was also calling all the classmates of his son, you know, to be responsible, you know, to live your life fully, but don't do dangerous things. And he was calling for the whole community to be kinder. And he kept saying something good has to come out of it because Suffering without at least some link to good uh, is way too overwhelming. I think through the eyes of faith, though, we believe that God will always bring goodness even out of the worst circumstances. And I think Jesus himself is the perfect example of it. You know, I don't know if... That's the eyes of faith. However, when you're right in the middle of it, I agree with you, eyes of faith... But in, when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to remember that. There was an old notion, and you still hear it from Catholics who are maybe 80 years old and up. So not you. 
way older than I. You are a spring chicken. They were basically taught when they were young that if you are suffering, like if you're, you're sick, you have arthritis, uh, facing a, a surgery, recovering from surgery, going mm-hmm. through pain, to unite your sufferings with the sufferings of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a pietistic phrase. I still hear it from older people. Yeah, I've learned... There's I've heard a, it. I've yeah, heard it. I've learned that there's a lot of wisdom in that line because what they're doing is not only finding some purpose for their their suffering but also remembering that Jesus suffering did yield new life. Yeah. Uh, it yielded um victory and somehow so if you unite yourself if you unite yourself with the suffering you are also united with the victory. Well, and that was kind of what I was leading to is that probably the worst thing that humankind could do was to crucify God himself. But even in that, God's goodness brought salvation, right? So even in the the most tragic circumstances of humankind, God still brought the greatest goodness out of it. Uh, and I think that's a lot of times, you know, you talk about the eyes of faith. I think people will argue you know, one of the most common things, well, why does God let bad things happen to good people? And well, and not only that, but they always put themselves in the category of being one of the good people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm one of the good people. <clears throat> yeah, it's it, we always do that, you know, you know, or why did my dad have to suffer? He was a good man. Sure. But then by by connection, we're also saying, and why am I going through this? Because I'm a good person, too. Sure. But. We were not promised perfection or ease here on earth. And in fact, this weekend's gospel says the exact opposite. It says, whoever wishes to come after me must take up his cross and follow me. But that's the the next part of the gospel. And that will be the link to the week after this. So It just keeps going. It keeps on going. Jesus did some quote-unquote forecast of his own suffering, mm-hmm. but not just like a, a newsflash. Hey, a new fl- newsflash, Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem and suffer. Yeah, But it's also then the link to his disciples. Oh, by the way, you guys are coming with me. Yeah. Now, geogra- the geography of the gospel is significant. Jesus lived in Galilee in the northern section of the country. Jerusalem is in the southern part of the country. Mm-hmm. The country was not big at the time of Jesus. Uh, probably from the the very, very northern point to the very southern point might be the same as going from Toledo to Dayton, something oh. like that. We're not talking really far. Just a donkey ride away. Yeah, or they often walked it as well. So they would go to Jerusalem. They would go to Jerusalem for the some of the big feast days. Maybe mm. not every year and not every feast day, but they would go. Yeah. But in the gospel, there the way it's written is there's primary ministry in Galilee. Then there's the, the travel going to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then the whole last section takes place in Jerusalem. So it's almost synonymous. When you go to Jerusalem, you're going to crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to crucifixion, you're going to resurrection. But it's always about, let us go up to Jerusalem which means, okay, now it's going to be time to suffer. I talked about it, and now it's going to happen. And there's a, just as if we were speaking of the gospel, the continuation or the flow of it from week to week, 
happens geographically as well. Yeah, the, the geography is laid out, laid out. It's a it's a wonderful example. And going, this is interesting. Going up to Jerusalem, but they're traveling south. Now we automatically say we're going down, like we're going down to Dayton, or we're going down to Kentucky, or we're going down. Unless people get turned around, that drives me crazy when they say, you know, we're going to go up to Dayton. Who says that? Some people that don't know which direction Dayton is. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever noticed how many people here in our church, they, they point to the north and they say, yeah, we're going to go down to Bowling Green. We're going to go down to Bowling Green. I'm pointing north. Yeah. And that's, that's not, and I, fi- I figured it out. People drive into our parking lot. And forget they turn. They turn around and they come in from the opposite side. But they're always, not always, but many of them are confused. And so they yeah. feel like they've driven let's say from Perrysburg to the church. So they've been going south. Yeah. But once you're here, you have to point north to Perrysburg. So <laughs> I'm confused and I'm sitting, I know sitting right here with you. And well, you, you've been confused for how many years? Now? <laughs> Who's on first? Yeah. I don't even know. I, I do want to be careful though, because I feel, you know, I, I'm aware that there will be people listening to this podcast that are going through suffering in their own lives. Yeah. And I don't want them to be listening to this and feel as though, you know, religion or we're being dismissive of suffering or, you know, saying, well, you just got to suck it up, buckaroo. I, if somebody's, let me ask you this as a priest and we're just about to run out of time, but if somebody's dealing with suffering in their life and they're, they're having a hard time of, of grappling onto faith or, or what do you say to somebody that's going through that? It's very hard to give an answer in 10 seconds. I know, I'm sorry. That's a little unfair, but we will talk more next week, maybe. But what I really want to do is say, you, you need to know you're not alone. And that's, you have to have the support of other people, the faith community, yeah. but also to know that you're not the first one to suffer. Jesus suffered as well. Actually, I was thinking along those lines as well that we do it together, but that it's not just... A reminder to those that are suffering it's a reminder to those of us that feel like things are going okay to still reach out and take care of one another and and show them love and compassion yeah we never know what someone else is going through all right friends 23 minutes comes and goes uh if you are suffering know that our love they, our they pr- just suffered for 23 minutes <laughs> let them go our love and prayers are with all of you have a great week take care